we've received the wonderful saving grace of God. That's because of his grace, because of his sacrifice, because of his love for us, that we, we need to live in a certain way towards him and towards others. You know, he chose us before the foundation of the earth, didn't he? He picked us out to be holy and blameless. He, he took us who were dead in our transgressions and sins and made us alive to Christ. He opened our eyes to see him, otherwise we would still be dead. It's all yeah. him. Yes. You may think, yeah, I decided to follow Jesus. Well, he put that desire in you and he gave yeah. you the ability to decide that. It starts with him and it ends with him. And we should be eternally grateful. And I'm sure we are. So this isn't about earning his favour by trying to be good. Please understand that. It's because of the cross. It's in gratitude to, 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 to Jesus' sacrifice. His blood shed for us so that we could be forgiven and free. You know, in this, this little passage we, we just looked at, <coughs> Paul, uh, Paul uses that clothing metaphor again. You know, Vic, Vic talked about putting off, stripping off some of the things last time. It's like, he's it, it, sort of saying, take off the rubbish clothes and put on some quality <coughs> clothes. You know, so, so Vic last week looked at some of those things we shouldn't be wearing, that we should strip off. Now, if you like, we're coming naked before God and we're going to look at what we should be putting on, what we should be wearing. You know, it's like one of those makeover programs on the TV. Has anyone seen those? You know, you know what I'm talking about. When they, 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 they take someone who looks jaded and scruffy and the world has got too much for them and with a new haircut and a bit of makeup and a whole new wardrobe of clothes of certain colours. They can be transformed. Right? I just would like you to look at a sorry specimen on the screen right now. I don't know if you can see that picture. I don't know if we're going to have to um, dim some lights on it. Can you see that? <laughs> there is a sorry specimen of a creature. Coming, coming home, he's made no effort, has he? He needs a total makeover. I mean, he tried, he tried to do it himself. He, he lost the um, free carrier bags and um, he tried to tuck his T-shirt in a little bit. If we look at the next screen, this, this is his own effort. <laughs> it didn't work. He needed to be transformed. He needed to be changed. So if we can, if we can go to the next screen after the total makeover, look at that. Is he, he's not in here, is he? Is he at work? That's a shame. Uh, the, you can see he's, he's, had, he's, had that, he's, he's got the classy sunglasses on. He's got the vintage light grey suede bomber jacket. He's got the, the Dr. Martins, which again are fashionable. Um, he's got the trendy turn up on his jeans. He's looking good in a very casual way, I'm sure you agree. He's put a comb for his hair and he's waxed the end of his moustache. It's all very shortish, isn't it? Yeah, in fact, I'll let you into a secret because Jake's not here. He doesn't use wax, he uses Pritt stick to hold the curl in his moustache. But that's beside the point. So, so, so he's clothed himself in something that looks a lot better than he did at the beginning. 
And in this passage we've just looked at, Paul lists seven, if you like, garments. Seven things we can put on so as to look our very best. And the one essential item that completes the look to give it the wow factor, which we'll hopefully get to at the end. So the first article of clothing that we looked at in this passage is compassion. He says, clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy in the translation I read, but, but in many translations it says compassion. Compassion. And what is compassion? Well, it, it's not just sympathy. It is a feeling of deep sympathy, a feeling of sorrow maybe for others' situations, especially when they're suffering, you know, in some, in some way or another. But it also includes a strong desire to help. It, compassion should mean action. It's seeing the need. It's having sympathy. It's maybe weeping even over somebody's situation, but not leaving it there. It's acting. You know, Mark chapter 6, we read these words. When, it says, when Jesus landed, he just got out of the boat after being away and for a bit of peace and quiet. He says he saw a large crowd and he had compassion on them. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And as we know, he went on and he shepherded. Compassion is to really care. It's to care about the lives of others. It's to care about the, li care about the lives of others enough to want to make a difference. That's what Jesus did, didn't he? It's seeing a need and doing what you can. If you see an emotional need, and we're, we're a very diverse lot in here. We've got so many life experiences. We've got, there's all sorts of issues and pain and hang up from our past from before we were born again. And we carry things, things that shape us. And sometimes they're difficult. But if you can see a need, if, that, if, if, if you have that compassion, that means action of some sort. Maybe an emotional need, maybe a financial need, maybe a practical need. And I've seen wonderfully across City Hope over, over years, over decades, people reaching out with compassion. Financially, just putting their hand in their pocket and serving someone, sometimes that's, that's the right response. Helping people with, with their kids, helping people with the gardening, with lifts. It, sometimes it's very mundane and very practical. Supporting people through difficult emotional situations and seeing them come through by the grace of God. Compassion stirs us to do those, doesn't it? So clothe yourself. Put on compassion. And compassion, you know, would be very difficult for us to demonstrate if we weren't connected to others in some way. You're unlikely to know people's needs just by seeing them in here for an hour and a half on a Sunday. Because what we typically do is say, oh, how are you? I'm fine. And we carry on, don't we? We're asked the question, and, and as you know, because you've probably done it, when you say, I'm fine, sometimes you don't mean it. I'm fine. No, you're not. But Sunday morning is not the setting, really, to address those issues, is it? So we need to be in another context. We need to be connected to one another. And conveniently, here at City Hope, we have that context. We've even called them connect groups and connect communities in those contexts. 
you can begin to see one another's needs and have compassion and serve one another in the way that they need it. Compassion isn't just giving advice, is it? It's not quoting a Bible text and moving on. You know, I was down the blue as the funeral cortege of Barry Albin went through, like um, Angela referred to earlier. You know, and I saw his son, Simon and John, walking behind the cars. You think, you know, if they'd said to me, I've just lost my dad to cancer, it wouldn't really do for me to say, uh, well, Matthew 5, 4 says, blessed are those who mourn. See you later. <laughs> That's not compassion, is it? It may be the truth of the word of God, but there's more needed. And we can work that out so effectively in our connect groups. And I want to give an appeal right now that if you are not part of a connect group or connect community, then I want to urge you to be part of that so we can truly be the body of Christ working together. There are loads, loads of those little blue get connected cards at the information desk at the back of this hall. Just jot down your details and say on there, I'd like to get involved in a connect group and we can sort that out for you. So compassion is sharing the pain of others. It, it's, it's opening, therefore, it's opening up ourselves to be hurt. I don't know if you've ever, ever been there. You, 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 you get involved in, the, in someone's pain and someone's tragedy and it's like, oh, it hurts you. And what we tend to do, what some people certainly tend to do, is because of that, don't get involved. And we shut ourselves away. And then we isolate, one another, isolate ourselves from one another. But every time you get compassionately involved in the lives of others, you're connecting with them, you're strengthening the body of Christ. We're, 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 we're putting muscle on ourselves, if you like, as we, as we think of ourselves as the, the body as a whole. So compassion is an essential garment for our makeover. You know, the deepest way to connect with people is sharing in their suffering. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 33 and into verse 34, it says, Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten. Sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. There's a sharing. There's a, there's a corporate nature about this. The church is different from anything else because we're one body with Christ as a head. Galatians 6 says, share each other's troubles and problems and in this way, obey the law of Christ. It's in times of deep crisis and pain and grief and doubt that we need each other most. And often that's the time you think, oh, I don't want to hang around with them. They're really humpy at the moment. I'm not going to talk to them. All they do is cry. <laughs> that's when we've got to get around one another and stand with one another and support one another. Sometimes, even physically, we can hardly stand. But we don't leave people lying on the floor, do we? We put an arm around them and we hold them up. We stand with one another. We show compassion. Sometimes we need our friends to have faith on our behalf when our faith is, is fading to pull us through. And again, that's the connect groups are such a, a practical place to do that. The body of Christ is close then, even when God seems distant. If we had those times where God seems a long, long way away, 
But when you're sitting in someone's front room with half a dozen other people, that's the body of Christ, they're very close. And we can show compassion to one another. What's the second item of clothing in that makeover? Well, we could, we could put on kindness. It's about being considerate and caring. It's understanding. It's about, well, it's about being nice to people. I'm sure you're nice. Let's make sure we show that to one another. There's going to be a wet out the queue at the coffee afterwards. No, no, after you. <laughs> no, really. But let's be kind. <laughs> Romans chapter 2 says, Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? God sets the example. His kindness. His patience with us as well. So let's be kind. Don't judge. Be polite. Friendly. Nice. Pleasant. That's kindness, isn't it? Ask yourself right now, as you're sitting here, am I kind to other people? I think this is a kind church. But it's worth asking yourself, isn't it? Am I kind? To other people. So we put on compassion. We're, we're sorting out the look. We put on our kindness. What's the third important item that we need to complete our ensemble? Not complete, to continue our ensemble. It's humility. Humility. One of the key things in this passage is that is our humble willingness to forgive others is very much tied to God's willingness and to forgive us his humility to go to the cross he humbled himself didn't he and went to the cross Christian humility is tied up with the gospel with the good news of Jesus it's not just copying Jesus in his willingness to die for others in, in, in that, that ultimate act of, of humility it, it's, in, it's enabled by that act his death on the cross, his resurrection enables us to forgive. In fact, we're commanded, aren't we? Forgive. But it's all wrapped up in that humility as he humbled himself. Humility serves, doesn't it? Humility lifts others up. Humility sees the needs of others. And gives time and gives effort to help those in need. And we know Jesus took the form of a servant and humbled himself even to the point of death. There's our example, humility. It's not about putting ourselves down. It means that we don't think more highly of ourselves than what God says. And actually he thinks very highly of us. And God says, I've adopted you. You're my child now. We're his workmanship. He says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. We can think quite highly of ourselves, can't we? But we must also be humble enough to remember that without Christ, we are nothing. It's not about our talents and gifts. It's not about our goodness. It's about what God has done for us. That's why we should be humble. When we think about it, when we think it's about us, we can get proud. 
been pretty good at that. I've developed that skill, you know. And we can, when we do that, we can tend to look down on others who aren't quite as good. But if we acknowledge Christ as the author and perfecter of our faith, then that will help us to remain humble, won't it? What's the next article of clothing on that makeover? Well, gentleness. These, these seem to, they, they overlap a lot, don't they, these, these things? They seem to overlap and work together. Well, that's a good makeover, isn't it? The colours complement one another. <coughs> yeah, that shirt goes with those trousers. These are, these are all very similar. Gentleness, meekness, calmness, quietness. It's, it's not rushing to defend yourself when you're attacked. It's about a quiet and peaceful heart in times of turmoil. Yeah, we can only go to God for that, can't we? Can't, do, can't stir that for ourselves. Just being gentle. Jesus was meek, but Jesus wasn't weak. I quite like that line. Sadly, I like, it's not my own. I nicked it off someone else. <laughs> Jesus was meek, but he wasn't weak. Someone defined meekness as power under control. <coughs> I was at uh, a wedding not so long ago which was a very interesting experience. And there was one particular guy there who was very drunk and very, very obnoxious and actually looking for a fight. And he went over to two young men at this wedding who I know are both um, accomplished amateur boxers and started to goad them and pick on them. He wanted to start a fight. Now, these two guys showed gentleness. <laughs> Thank goodness. Showed gentleness. They didn't want the last word. They did, certainly didn't feel the need to win a fight or an argument. So they let this guy keep on. Um, sadly, later on in the evening, one of them didn't, but he wasn't a Christian. Um, being gentle means not forcing your demands or your ways or your opinions onto others. It means sometimes being quiet, being gentle. The fifth article of clothing is patience. These things tie in together, don't they? Long-suffering, patient, endurance. It's about not rushing, not rushing in with those avenging words or... You know, it's, it's, it's about staying in there even when you're misunderstood sometimes. Have you had that feeling? Being patient. You think, no, you haven't got what I've said. I've said it so many times. Why don't you listen? So, okay. It's just be patient. Clothe yourself with patience. The Holy Spirit will give you that. <coughs> sometimes it means staying true to God even when life is difficult and painful. That's just being patient. It means trusting that God will be with you even when others are giving you grief. Be patient. Let me race through this makeover. We've got to get to the end and look good. The sixth article of clothing is to bear with others, bear with bearing with others, bearing with one another. It's making. It's, it's about making allowances. It's about. It's about a, a sort of. Accepting some of the flaws and faults, not necessarily sins, I'm talking, but just some of the flaws and faults and weaknesses of others, which really sometimes wind us up. It's very much linked with patience, isn't it? But it's just bearing with them. 
Now, how do you treat people you struggle to get on with in the church? The loudmouths. That Paul Brown shouted again. <laughs> the rude. That Paul Brown again. <laughs> the know-it-all. All right. Um, the, the hygienically challenged. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, dear. No. Those whose political views are diametrically opposed to yours. <laughs> Bear with one another in love. We've got to do it, haven't we, as the church, the body of Christ. And in our, again, if you look at our connect groups and our small groups, we're going to be rubbing shoulders very close to one another. We're going to find out those differences and those little things. It really was about, oh, we all bear with one another in love. It's about treating other people as God's creation. Whether you like them or not. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. The seventh garment on this great ensemble of, of a makeover. We've touched on it already, it's forgiveness. This is different from bearing with others, because this one can really hurt. It's not just other people's foibles and flaws. This is when somebody's hurt you, probably sinned against you. It's when someone does something more than, it's more than just annoying, it's painful. It's a kick in the guts sometimes. And it's really hard, isn't it, to forgive people who have hurt, hurt you. You have to decide with the power of the Holy Spirit on you. I'm going to forgive that person. And so many of us were here on Mother's Day when we saw on the screen Christine Cunningham's testimony of how she forgave her mother who had really sinned against her. It's a powerful thing though, isn't it? Forgiveness. Put on forgiveness. Jesus said these words when he was actually hanging on the cross, having been tortured and beaten and was dying. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. We can't hold on to hurt, can we? We need to let it go and we need to forgive. What ties all these garments together? What's the what's, what's the the com, what completes this makeover? It's love. It's love. What does it say in the passage? It says, "Above all, clothe yourselves with love." When we forgive, we love. When we humble ourselves, we love. When we do what we can to help someone. In some way, we're showing love. When we encourage each other in our connect groups, we love. We're loving our neighbour as ourselves, aren't we? You know, the Apostle Paul, who wrote this letter to the church at Colossae, he also wrote in, uh, to the church in Corinth, his first letter to them, he says that without love, we're nothing. It's like we're just a horrible clanging bell. He said, he wrote to the church Ephesus, he says, we must speak the truth, but we must do it in love. And in another letter in the New Testament, in 1 John, he says, if we don't love, 
We don't know God because God is love. As a church, love must be a priority. And that wraps up, that enhances every other garment that we put on as we're being made over by the grace of God. And the best context to work out that love is not on a Sunday morning. As fantastic as these are, the best context to work out love and all those other wonderful attributes is in our smaller midweek context where we, where we rub shoulders with one another. When we stand up to worship in somebody's front room and we're almost kissing the person opposite, you know. That's where we could work this stuff out. So we're going to have to do some stripping off and we're going to have to do some putting on. We're going to have to let go of the old attitudes, the old thought patterns, the old images that have been living with you so you can put on the new, the new garments that God has given for you. Are you ready? Are you ready for the makeover that God has got for you? Because he wants to make you look fantastic. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you that you only want the very best for us. From the moment you chose us before you even made the world, you want the very, very best. Thank you for your grace that we've experienced. Saving grace. Thank you that you, you have promised to change us from one degree of glory to another. Thank you that you choose to do it in the context of community, not in isolation. That you gather us together as the body of Christ and we acknowledge you as our head. And I pray for every one of us. Lord, by your grace that we would continue to be changed, to continue to be made over. That we would look more and more like you. Because you're the perfect example. Lord, we love you today. We give you all the glory you deserve. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Fantastic. Um,